How have you been, Trisha? To be very honest with you, Kim, I feel like I have been very stressed recently. I actually had COVID a couple weeks ago. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I do this thing just for our listeners. Sometimes I say things, or if I tell Kim something that's a little heavier, she'll just start laughing. (laughs) But I kind of enjoy that because it just lightens the mood and it it makes everything so much better. So thank you for laughing at the heavy things that I say. No, (laughs) she would tell me like the worst things. And it's just a genuine response I have, like to uncomfortable situations. Like, <laughs> I, I want to support you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't know it. It's not even that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Continue. <laughs> it's okay. I appreciate your your lightheartedness to the heavy things that I say. I think that's it's it's like the way you say it too. I think it's just like so funny to me even though it's not funny. What's the way that I say I'm it? Sorry. Your voice, it's so it's so soft and sweet and then you the topic of conversation sometimes is just so crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I just don't know how to react. That's so crazy because um so many times in my life people have told me that my voice is soft or it's it sounds sweet like you said or angelic and then i assume that i sound super tough and you know i i feel like i have a deep voice when i'm speaking but then i hear recordings of myself and i hear other people tell me that i sound soft-spoken and it really doesn't align with the crazy stuff that's happening in my brain (laughs) and maybe that's why you find it so funny but anyways all jokes aside i have been okay not the best i was i've been very sick i would say for the past month or so because i got covid in may and then i have been sick and i've had a cough and then i got bronchitis so it's been it came about to start laughing again but i mean you've ever seen like a silly goofy mood today i don't know maybe i'm sorry continue all good but yeah no um that's how i have been and I would say this stage of life has just been stressful, but how have you been? Yeah, I mean, we opened up a bit more on our previous episode, our wine night chats, where I felt as though a lot of things in my life are lining up with a lot of accomplishments that I've been wanting for a long time, but I I still feel like something's missing almost. I feel like I most definitely have this sort of like productivity anxiety when I'm not working on things or like bettering myself. I feel a bit anxious because I don't feel as though I'm utilizing my time very well. So I've been getting more accustomed to my new role and, you know, I'll be moving very, very soon. So a lot of really big changes. So I guess I'll see where that takes me once a bit more settled. But I haven't been keeping up with any of my creative and personal goals lately, which I think is what is sort of setting me on edge a bit. So, but for the most part, I would say like looking from an outside perspective, I'm doing really well, but there's always going to be some turmoil up in here. I feel that. And I think it's really interesting you mentioned the productivity anxiety almost. That is something that we've normalized 
in ourselves, just needing to be productive in different ways and feeling anxious when we don't feel that way. And I know so many people can probably resonate with that. And I feel like that's such a good kickoff into our episode for today. Yeah. What a perfect segue. Once you mentioned normalize, I'm like, oh, yes, she is taking this moment and running with it. So I feel like a popular phrase I've been seeing on the web the last few months is this whole thing of normalize this. Why are we normalizing that? So today, Trisha and I want to get into things that we want to question. Why are we normalizing this? Or rather, why aren't we normalizing this? So do you want to kick it off, Trisha? Yeah, I mean, I think this topic is so interesting because our society, and I was reading about this, has this relationship with the word normal, quote-unquote normal. It's either we want to get back to normal, like everything with the COVID-19 pandemic, and we just want things to be normal. And normal is really just what we are used to and what we're familiarized with. And I think that by way of repetition, um, even the craziest things are the most you know, things that don't make any sense at all, we've considered to be normal. So I know we were talking about this and there are so many different things, so many different angles that we could take this topic and we could apply it to careers and and work-related stuff and relationships and, and general things. But I thought it would be fun to kind of start off with going back in time. So when you and I met one another um we met through greek life and i remember we were talking about greek organizations and this was just kind of like a fun little thing that we were mentioning about why is it that abuse and hazing (laughs) and kim's laughing again (laughs) no i didn't know we were gonna take it there like right off the cuff but continue indeed indeed why why do we take it there (laughs) but overall just everything that we learned in college i remember there were so many things that were normalized i just thought it would be interesting to go back in time and go back into college and school days and think about what some of those things were that we normalized back then but no that's very very true i think a lot of greek life endorses some form of i guess harassment or or like fear tactics and it's it's so weird that people just accept how things are and they go along with things just because everyone else like it's very much a group think sort of mentality right where you just go along with whatever people are doing and it's really hard to question more of an authoritative power and yeah this is funny because like my first why do we normalize this example is business formal wear and like business formal etiquette, which I feel like also goes hand in hand with your first example of Greek life because we both did pledge for a business fraternity. I I feel like the professional etiquette goes way back for me too because when I was in high school, I was a part of an organization and I was taught what professional etiquette and dress code look like and that organization was very strict about it. And I learned, you know, suits and white collared shirts. And it was the same thing in the fraternity that we um, joined, the professional fraternity we joined in college. But I just think that 
it, it's so interesting that that was just something that was normalized. I remember being in high school and college and early college thinking, okay, I have to get these suits. Um, this is exactly what I have to wear at interviews. Um, this is just the norm. I have to wear heels um, or black flats. And it's just something that's so ingrained. No one's ever questioned it. I think recently now, you know, dress codes are more casual at companies. But when you think of professional attire, it's still that. And it's like, how did that even come about? Yeah, I don't understand why the dress code has a place in a workplace setting just because what function does it serve? You know, is it impacting your workflow at all? How does it benefit you performing your daily tasks? And I also feel as though it has some like racist and sexist connotations as well. And I know especially for black people, you know, with hair, that's been a highly debated topic in most recent years in terms of the protective styles black people would wear to work where it may be deemed unprofessional. And I don't know if it's like strictly in in like dress codes or anything, but women having to wear heels, I don't know about you. I hate wearing heels. They are so uncomfortable to me. So why do we have to live up to these standards just to go to work if we can just do our tasks without having to be be dressed a certain way you know and like thankfully I'm in a more creative role now where I could just roll out of bed in my jammies I do remote work pop into my meeting and everything's cool but I've also been in the place where I've had to wear like professional attire every single day which was a huge pain for me. I think I read this a long time ago and professional etiquette, like that whole wearing suits and and ties and dresses and all of that, it started out, I believe, in pro- very professional fields such as law and um, consulting, professional services, financial services, where clients would be a big focus and in order to impress the client or show that, you know, you can trust us as your um the person that you know you're working with i believe dress code played a part there and that's why now in the fields where that's not a thing the dress code is changing but i think it's interesting you mentioned groupthink because with black people and their hair and also with women wearing makeup in in the workplaces i know that studies showed that women who wear makeup are three times is more likely to get promoted or um, get pay raises or just even be like recognized and and thought like oh she's appearing to work appropriately in that way I thought that was interesting everything from hair to makeup all of that I think it's and there's an element of groupthink there because we all think that we're supposed to do it so we're all doing it so no one's changing it mm. and I definitely think that's exactly how the pan- the pandemic kind of broke that down a bit but still, I think there are some underlying thoughts people have about it where it's, you know, this person's too casual or it's a, it's, a, it's a way of showing that, oh, I'm putting effort in to my work because I'm putting on makeup. I'm making the effort to look, you know, presentable, quote unquote. Yeah, I remember years ago when I was working front desk for this hotel, it was like written in like the code at least for women, that it's encouraged if women wore makeup, but it said nothing about that for men. Which, once again, bringing up how dress codes can have sexist connotations. Yeah, and this kind of 
rolls into um, another thing I wanted to mention. It was just on my mind about beauty standards mm-hmm. and how what is considered aesthetically normal. So now in the context of work, we're talking about black hair. Potentially it has to be permed. Um, if they were it in their natural state, I know some of my friends have told me that it's considered messy, quote-unquote messy in the workplaces. Um, so why is it that we have normalized certain beauty standards? Because I think that, that plays into some of this professional um, dress code and, and like visual etiquette in workplaces. It's those beauty standards too. The Western ideal beauty. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, and that's how it is in culture too. I mean, I'm of Indian background and in Indian culture, skin lightening is a big thing. Um, you know, making like having the lightest skin and or they have they use so many skin brighteners and that's actually considered normal, especially for the upper class. But um I was thinking about those beauty standards and now we have, you know, celebrities like Kim Kardashian out there and you know what they say goes so the enhanced lips and and um the the butt and the hourglass figures and if you don't fall into those beauty standards it's almost like not normal or if you kind of are are off Mm. of that standard i don't know if you but even that. that is shifting so quickly as well i don't know if you've like noticed but there's been this trend of people removing their bbls so kim k chloe their butts are much smaller these days so i think it is moving towards this more like natural cool girl aesthetic but again it's something else that we're normalizing yes i feel like Mm -hmm. every time we're normalizing something different rather than just I guess, normalizing individuality Mm -hmm. or emphasizing that you do you. I don't know why we are always trying to fit some kind of a mold when really we should be embracing our differences. And I don't think that any part of our world, the way that we function, I don't think it really completely aligns with this idea of individuality yet. Not to change the topic again, but I mean... I've been going through a job search employment process myself. Mm-hmm. And I think even in in that field, everything is so streamlined. It's almost like everyone is trying. There's one format or a handful of encouraged formats for resumes. The hiring practices are broken. Everyone is, you know, there's certain really bad things that are normalized, like lying about certain things or hiding certain parts of yourself. And we just normalize it. Who is changing this? And maybe people are changing it, but it's not changing fast enough. So my second, why do we normalize this? Why do we do it like this? I feel like people share way too much online these days. You know, back in, I guess, like the MySpace days, right? People wouldn't even use their full names, but people are now posting pictures of their homes with their numbers just full address and everything all online and i feel like this is going to be a major issue in the next few years where people are going to have a lot less privacy i just think it's so strange for people to be posting like right in front of their house and just exposing themselves in that way because honestly i've done my own google search on myself and it's very easy to find your address all you need is your full name and 
whatever state you're in, whatever county you're in. And there are websites that have information on the amount of people in your household, like first and last name, numbers, everything attached to that. And the only way you can get it removed is if you contact the website to tell them to take it down. Mm, So that's just something to keep in mind, which I think is really crazy. And and it is something that's normalized. I mean, I never even thought about that, actually. You just got me thinking. I thought it was so normal to just search my name up and see my address pop up, like the yellow pages and all this information about me. But that means anyone can, yeah. And now, I mean, people use that. For example, when you're applying to jobs, hiring managers look you up. They just search your name up on Google and they say like, 70-80% of times that is affecting their decisions. But if you don't have that much control over what's online about you, then people can look anything up and also get your private information too from that. So that's an interesting point. Yeah, and in line with that, another point I had to to ask, like, why do we normalize this? Is posting pictures and videos of people without their consent. And honestly, you see it every single day scrolling through social media. You see some random clip of someone that's like taken as a funny moment or whatever and most of the time I feel like people don't ask these people for their consent to be posted online oh the ones that go viral that we Mm -hmm. watch every single day (laughs) yes that we laugh at that's very true I didn't think about that either yeah just like the people who randomly become memes and they never ask for it yeah I never thought about that I don't know why we normalize it and we normalize it for entertainment purposes too Yeah, so that's why I feel like there's going to be this huge issue about privacy in the next few years. Like, where is the line drawn? Yeah, that's very true. Everything is so social media oriented. And I never actually thought about that. I don't like it. I don't, I like to be more of a private person. So I don't like that people can just go online and find whatever about me. You just got me thinking about something new. Yay. I guess I'll get into one thing that I was thinking about that I'm sure I feel like you've also thought about this. So this is on the topic of relationships. Now, there's so many different angles that I want to hit in terms of why are we normalizing this. But one of the first ones that I was thinking about is why do we normalize one format and type of relationship? I think Mm. at least in my life, what I see with my friends, what I see in my family, and what I see just on social media and the people around me is a traditional monogamous format of relationship. I am not expressing any particular stance. I know that there are so many different types and formats of relationships, but why is this one the one, almost like the mold that we need to be aligning ourselves to and then and then to piggyback off of that why do we normalize married couples disliking each other and make jokes about mine too yes why okay maybe let's backtrack right so you were saying how we normalize one type of relationship can you elaborate more exactly on what you believe that type is are you speaking strictly monogamy yeah so I'm speaking from beginning to end, and I know we touched on this too. You feel butterflies for someone, you have a crush on the person, maybe you start dating, you get into a relationship, then there's 
you know, cohabitation, you live together, you live in one location together eventually as your relationship gets more serious. Maybe you get engaged, you get married, you have kids, you buy the houses, the apartments, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, raise your kids, grow old, you know, simultaneously work, do whatever you're doing, die. <laughs> Start to end. And <laughs> Start to end. <laughs> like just that whole traditional format of a monogamous relationship um, where if, you know, you did anything with somebody else, that would be considered cheating. Um, and that, you know, there are steps to this. So living together, getting married, maybe buying a place together i feel like that's traditionally what i've seen that's mm -hmm. what i see everywhere i see it in movies i see it with my friends i and this is not a negative thing and this is not firing shots this is just an observation i think people take the whole forever thing a bit too seriously and that's why we get couples who are married but they hate each other like i i I think people can take commitment a bit too far where they feel like they need to tolerate whatever ends up happening in their relationship, even if it makes them unhappy. And I feel like the divorce rate has been pretty high in general. So maybe this isn't so normalized because there are people who are separating. But then again, there are a ton of like like older people, I think, and like an older generation who are still tolerating really bad marriages because they feel like they are trapped in it do you feel like these the separations are happening though because of this one format that we're talking about maybe people feel like they have to fit into this they, they did all the steps you know they got their ducks in a row they they did everything that you're traditionally supposed to do in a monogamous I, relationship i don't believe monogamy is the issue i think it's a matter of people settling too quickly and not taking the time to appropriately find the right partner for them. So yeah, I, I can't, I, I don't want to pinpoint it as a monogamy issue because clearly it's worked for, for centuries and for many people. Uh, but I do think people end up settling way too quickly because there's this expectation that, you know, late 20s, you, you should be in a long-term relationship. You should be married. You should be having kids by early 30s. So as you mentioned, there is this timeline that I think a lot of people compare their lives to. But once again, I, I don't think it's a monogamy issue. You mentioned that people take forever too seriously. I follow this really good Instagram account. and I, I might have sent you this post about the whole forever thing that we show up not as authentically to people that we are currently dating or we meet because we have this idea of forever in our mind. So we might be having a great time with someone right now in the moment. They're the perfect person for us in the moment, but we're thinking about forever. Mm -hmm. And so because this idea of forever is normalized in our heads that, okay, when you meet someone, settling down with them means forever, including marriage. Marriage means forever it changes the scope of how you are in that relationship and how you yes. show up. So why do we That's, normalize it forever? I think a lot of people date with the intention to marry, but I think that is actually really terrible thinking because if you have that pressure, I think that affects how you can authentically view the person you're dating and yourself. I feel like people should just date for fun, you know, and if marriage ends up coming throughout that time perfect but 
if you're already checking a list off right on the first date of appropriate marriage partner traits, I feel like that's adding a ton of weight on that is not necessary. Yeah. And people change. You never know what's going to happen. And I think this is something we need to denormalize. And we need to normalize just being in the moment with people and not putting that label of forever. And this, I'm even going to go so, and a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this. I'm even going to go as far as to say that we shouldn't consider marriage to be forever either. Mm -hmm. If marriage is something you want to experience and it's something that you, you know, believe is a part of your story and it's something you want that's great but i still don't think that you need to put the forever label on the marriage either plenty of people have three or four happy marriages over the course of their lifetime and i think that's a beautiful thing because yes i think marriage brings a whole different array of experiences to the table and a whole different meaning and i respect it but again i think that can really stop this whole process of married couples or this whole idea and joke that we make that married couples dislike each other because that is so normalized and to be honest it makes me want to veer away from marriage because if that's what's around the corner if that's what the grass on the other side looks like it's then why are we doing it you know we shouldn't joke about these things and with that being said i don't even think marriage should be the end game i feel like that is not an expectation every single person should have Yeah, so let's throw that out the window too. I agree. I don't think we need to normalize that. This whole system of how relationships work in our society, it's almost like we are entering different times. We're entering a new age. We are evolving as a species, but we're still stuck onto certain traditions and norms of the past. And it's like we can't seem to break away or pick apart what works and what doesn't fast enough. But time is moving forward. And... We just need to have more conversations around it and I'm glad that things are changing but do you feel this way where it still feels like there's a separation between the two groups? There's the quote normal group that does things in the traditional way and then there are the ones that are the group that does things differently. For example, this new idea of couples don't necessarily need to live together. You can live in your own homes. Or the ones who are just partners and don't feel the need to get married. I still feel like those are the anomalies and still Mm -hmm. people are trying to do, or still people consider normal to be the traditional relationship. Very non-traditional, but I don't think it's super out of the norm necessarily. I mean, maybe we are in our own bubble and we're exposed to more non-traditional avenues. But I do think there's like a growing number of people who are going against the traditional idea of marriage and relationship dynamics as well. I still feel like there, I still feel like if you're doing something that's outside of the norm, you're, you're different. Mm -hmm. Which I guess by definition you are, but as different as you may appear, there are a ton of people who are in the same boat as you. Right, but that means that we've set that traditional relationship as the norm still, almost as the baseline. What if I said that the new norm is unmarried people, people that never get married? You're just in a relationship lifelong. Then the ones who'd be, you know, there's still this normalcy of the traditional families and the traditional monogamous relationships and people getting engaged and married and Mm -hmm. settling down. I think it genuinely comes down to this entire discussion. People need to mind their own business and do whatever they want. (laughs) 
<laughs> so no one should be setting the norm, but I guess the norm could also just be defined as the majority. And if the majority of people enjoy doing it this way, let them be. But I agree. yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't like feel pressure to commit to a certain way of life just because everyone else is doing it. Agreed. And I also feel like along with what you said about people just need to be minding their own business, we're having this conversation in the first place because these things affect our lives. Because so many things in the hiring process are normalized and we all just need to fit into this mold, it's affecting our lives. It's affecting millions of people's lives. You know, it it affects people in their own cultures, in their own countries, because a certain type of relationship is considered the norm. It affects people as they grow up, um, you know, whether you're in a Greek organization or in school, the stuff that we mentioned, it affects your life. That's why we have to address the things that are considered normal or your entire identity could get stolen because your information was out on the Internet. (laughs) So I think questioning why do we normalize these things is important because it actually affects our lives and certain things need to change or be destigmatized. Exactly. No, I 100% agree with you, but I think individually what we can all be doing is focusing more on ourselves and not so much about what other people are doing just to avoid comparison agreed that's a good first step to just keeping a clear head i guess yeah just to see like what we can do on an individual level before we try to before we're trying to dismantle everything um but along with your why do we normalize this (laughs) in relationships one thing i have is these games in modern dating So, for example, Mm. the idea that you shouldn't respond quickly or show too much interest, like, there sort of needs to be this cat and mouse chase all the time. And I feel like that can be so confusing, even just to hear from, like, other friends. I'm just like, y'all are doing the most everything besides talking about your feelings. Yeah, that's such a great one. I feel like the best way to describe it is we just all have multiple walls up and it's almost like you get burned at one point in your life it's a little bit about getting burned and then also you see what other people are doing and what's considered cool and Mm. you don't want to be that person in conjunction to just not take advice from people anymore (laughs) yeah i think that we it's not that we want to veer away from authenticity it's It's also how the human mind works. Like you're talking about the cat and mouse chase. Unfortunately, we oftentimes want the things that we cannot have or the things that are harder for us to get, almost like a conquest. I think that's why, you know, books like The Art of Seduction, they're written on that basis of, well, how do you actually capture someone's attention? How do you seduce them? Things like that. It's all psychological, but it's not genuine. So we do need to to start normalizing, well, let's show up as genuine, authentic people in our relationships mm-hmm. and in our, but you're so right. I don't know what all these games, I mean, these games are being played by everyone. I think it makes everything harder and it's just holding us back, you know? I mean, I am not a huge proponent of these games. <laughs> it's like, speak your mind, speak your truth. Yeah, we're all afraid to do that. But I again, I, I still, I do feel there are the group of people that are normalizing speaking your truth now. So slowly these things are, are changing, but 
we just all kind of need to get on the bandwagon of changing these things. Yeah, because I feel like emotional unavailability is unattractive. And I feel like a ton of people these days are emotionally unavailable, but they still put themselves out there to be dating. And how can you date someone if you are not available in that emotional sense? Because how can you truly get to know someone and connect with them and be vulnerable if there is that blockage? I I feel like a ton of people just thrust themselves into dating when they are not completely healed or or ready to commit to someone. Yeah, because we all want to feel that affection and the nice feelings, the nice perks you get with dating. So many perks. I'm not going to list them out here on this podcast, but we all want those perks, but we don't we don't know how to take those walls down and i'm just gonna say it i think the solution somehow if you can get to this mindset is i'm gonna go into this i am 100 available both feet are in falling in love is you're falling you're not rising you fall it's called fall for a reason i'm gonna allow myself to fall it's okay nothing could end up well but i'm giving my 1100 whatever you know, my all regardless. And just going in, almost like diving, like diving headfirst. I think that's the mindset that everyone needs to go into it. And then I think we might see a lot more success stories. And you're going to get burned. You're going to get hurt. Pain is going to come. I feel like I'm I'm having like a whole rant right now. <laughs> no, keep going. Keep going. And telling myself too. But you just have to dive headfirst, both feet in. Whatever the outcome is going to be, the outcome is going to be. But again, if you take that future off the table and you dive in headfirst now, I think it increase a lot of people's availability. And take fear off the table too because we don't know what's going to happen. Honestly, I feel like you cannot avoid pain when you are putting your heart out on the line. No matter how great the relationship goes, you will still struggle within it. And so I feel as though... If you are going to be hurt regardless, might as well make it worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. I think I was talking to you about this the other day where um, I, I mentioned to you, <clears throat> I said, some, either someone told me this or I thought of this. Some, I thought if I had known that my past relationships, that they were going to end anyways, I would have showed up every single day in that relationship happy and as my full self and I would have enjoyed the heck out of each of those relationships Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. everything you know every moment that we'd spend going out or whatever we were doing or you know a day out in the park or going to a theme park or traveling or whatever we're doing I would have enjoyed every moment of that relationship because it was going to end anyways and I think having that approach where it could end it could end you might have a 10-year marriage and it could and because that person cheats on you 10 years later like what happened with shakira and gerard piquet after 12 years of being together he he cheated on her i mean it's shakira you just can't tell right and how the same thing happened with beyonce like you don't know what's gonna happen so you might as well just enjoy it i think it's about enjoying the day in and day out that comes with Mm -hmm. each day and each experience and each person and and changing our mindset and kind of normalizing this mindset, I think could change our entire human Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. Well said. I think people just need to be more open. And I think there was like this text quote that I had read on Twitter or something about this man saying he goes into every single day already having 
love for that person. And it's not saying like he's in love with them. That's entirely different. But to have love for a stranger just right from the beginning, I think does affect how things sort of play out. And I think that's a good way to go about life and interacting with people. It's just to have love for everyone despite maybe not even knowing them so well. And I think you really carry yourself a lot differently when you you showcase this vulnerability and love without any attachments to it. Because I was thinking like, it can sort of be manipulative in a way, right? When you do things with the intention of receiving love. And then when you don't get it, you might act a certain way, you might be colder. But if that's the case, then your your actions weren't very genuine to begin with. But I think if you go into things already having love for someone and just wanting to have the best time as you can, I feel like in that instant, less pain can be produced from mm-hmm. the situation. Yeah, if I love both that. both people are just like authentic and just going with the flow of things and just openly loving yeah and even if there's an ending <laughs> i love that it's super hippie <laughs> super i know I'm, i feel so hippy dippy right now but i love it and even if there's an ending I, I feel like that ending would even be more amicable because you're just coming from a place of love love like how p diddy changed his name to love i think he had really great reason he did yeah on his like birth certificate or his like official legal name is like uh, Sean Love Combs or something now. Um, I think very enlightened. When you're very enlightened, you just realize it's all love. But in this context of relationships that we are also talking about, do you also feel like we normalize when we are like super critical of people? This person is a narcissist. This person is toxic. Or like just words like oh, that get thrown around. Gosh. We're that always no- was like so normalized in my lexicon like very early in very early in the day i mean literally like when did this podcast began like two years ago i feel like lucy and i used to always be like oh this trait is so toxic this bird is so toxic yada 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 <laughs> and yeah that's why like now i'm just all hippy dippy spread the love and all that but truly i think i'm sorry i cut you off i realized that no it's okay but <laughs> But yeah, I think everyone can exhibit some toxic traits, but we can't label them something so concrete for one misgiving or misdemeanor, you know? But yeah, sorry, continue. I just, I hate the words. I mean, I use them all the time, but I think the word toxic, it's every day we come up with new red flags. Every day we come up with a new word or an idea or a behavior that's quote-unquote toxic um or oh i'm being so ocd i'm depressed this person's depressed listen some things are chemical imbalances some things are you're just hurt so you're hurting other people and then we call Mm -hmm. that toxic behavior Mm -hmm. even narcissists or narcissistic behavior it's just hurt people very hurt people that do hurtful things to other people And then patterns like OCD and a lot of other, um, I guess, like mental health disorders are all neurological. And a very scientific level, um, you can break it down to like neural pathways and um, like burnt 
like burned and um, destroyed neural pathways and things like that that create certain behaviors. I feel like looking at it from such a little approach, like what I'm describing, is it's we need to like do that because <clears throat> it's going to help us approach the world and each other with a lot more compassion. Mm-hmm. We can't go around calling every other person toxic and narcissistic and and all these words and just throw them around because at the end of the day, I, I think people are inherently good mm-hmm. and I think that things happen to you and it makes you put up all these shields and do things that are not so good later. And it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And I think it could change the entire relationship game. It could change the dating game. It could change how we show up in our friendships the compassion we exhibit to other people. Mm. This is something I, I want to normalize. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because I feel like I've been having a ton of discussions with friends in regards to red flags. And I feel as though people get the chopping block once they hit like a maximum of three, five red flags. But to be honest, we all exhibit red flags. And that's why I think a, yeah, people need more compassion. They need more patience. And instead of just writing people off for whatever action that they disagree with, I think people should be questioning why did this person do this? Like, what was the intention behind it? Because I do think intention is important when it comes to action. And perhaps the way someone expresses something may may not be aligned necessarily to to your beliefs right um you know trisha you and i have had this discussion too where we were talking about how people may express their their interest and their love in very very different ways and sometimes it's up to the individual to express exactly how they would like to receive their their love and interest Mm -hmm. yeah and that's why we can't we can't normalize these labels it's crazy because when you go on Instagram, there's thousands of accounts out there and posts come up on my feed about like toxic behaviors and red flags and and these are like mental health issues and avoid people like that do X, Y, and Z things. And it's like, well, if everyone's making posts about that, like we all exhibit different behaviors that can fall under these categories. Then we're just almost shaming ourselves and writing ourselves off. And we can never be perfect. There's no such thing. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to appreciate the the gray area of life in general. With this entire topic of think, like, why are we normalizing this? There, it's not so black and white. Like things are gray. I guess we need to embrace that more. This is such a chunky topic, and there's so many things that you and I both want to address for why do we normalize this and. What could we normalize instead? But we started out talking about Greek life, um, professional etiquette, dress code, beauty standards, um, a little bit about hiring practices and how that's broken. And then we were, we've been talking about relationships, which I think is very hefty, a very hefty topic on, you know, why do we normalize X, Y, Z things? And I think that um, we will continue to address some more on relationships, but also on some other things that we thought about when thinking about why are we normalizing this in our next episode otherwise this episode will be way too long so we will come back to you with more 
Yeah, so I I personally have like a lot more on my list, but we will get to that another time on a why do we normalize this? Why do we do like this? Episode part two. And stay tuned, we will have another episode all about dating because we know y'all like that juicy stuff. (laughs) Find us at Loosened in Translation on Instagram. We can also be contacted for serious inquiries only translation at gmail.com please don't forget to rate us five stars leave us a comment slide in our dms let us know how you are liking this podcast so far we love to hear any feedback or receive any questions or suggestions on what we can speak about in the future thank you and we'll see you next time Bye bye